this is a beautiful uh, Labor Day weekend, and we're celebrating all of us who work and labor. Uh, and uh, that's everyone. <laughs> Even the children, right? Yes, because school is hard work sometimes, especially these this last year and a half. So this morning we're going to read out of Isaiah. I'm reading out of chapter 41. Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. Behold, all they who are enraged and inflamed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. They who strive against you shall be as nothing and perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but shall not find them. They who war against you shall be as nothing, as nothing at all. For I am the Lord, your God, who holds your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, fear not, I will help you. Lord, we thank you for these words this morning and the words back in chapter 40 that says, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect and look for him, hope in you, they shall look for and hope for change and renew their strength and power. They will lift their wings and mount up as eagles. They will run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to be afraid, but that we put our hope and our strength and our trust in you, Lord, because you will make us go through these difficult times with the wings of eagles. We will mount up because you will sustain us. You will be the very breath beneath us, Lord, feeding us and filling us and bringing us into a closer relationship with you. Whether our enemies are truly physical enemies like there are in the world, or whether our enemies are sometimes of our own making and in our own minds, and we struggle against our own thoughts because the battlefield is the mind. And so, Lord, you are our strength in difficult times, in hard times, in inconceivably hard times. You are there with us every moment, speaking into our hearts and lifting us up and feeding us with your word and your love. And we thank you, Lord, for that this morning. We thank you, Lord, for all who labor, who, all who labor in you, that you will give us strength. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Uh, welcome to everybody joining us online or on TV here in the Twin Cities or elsewhere or from the future. We're glad that you're with us this morning. There's an email sign-up sheet back there. Um, otherwise, there should be a link on your screen at some point, and you can email us. Let us know prayer requests, uh, that sort of thing. We like to hear from you. Offering box is back there for tithes and offerings um, to help keep the lights on around here. We certainly appreciate that. And uh, prayer meetings every other Tuesday. We are doing prayer meetings here, right at that table with the pretty flowers 
um, 10.30 a.m. every other Tuesday, including this coming Tuesday. So this coming Tuesday, prayer meeting right there, 10.30. Love for you to join us. We know that means some people can't come, but um, you got to pick times, right? And decide on something, and that's what we went with. And so we'd love to see you 10.30 this Tuesday to pray with us. That would be great. And uh, next Sunday will be our 1 Corinthians 14.26 Sunday. So please come uh, prepared for that sometime this week, maybe a couple times this week. Uh, pray and say, Lord, is there anything you'd like me to share uh, with the group? Share with the church. Uh, Paul says when you come together, everyone should have a, a psalm or a hymn or a spiritual song or a word of encouragement or a testimony or something like that to bring to the body. So we're going to do that together next week in lieu of our normal sermon. And so it's great if people come prepared uh, to give something, five minutes or less. Three minutes is great. One minute is fine. Um, that includes songs if you want to do a song that you wrote sometime recently. And not looking at anybody, Kaylee. Um, so that's next week and we do have lunch after the service today so please stay and join us even if you forgot to bring something that's okay there will be food there will be food and now we have a fridge praise God so there's even a freezer with some pizzas in it if we look low we'll toss some more food in praise God all right let's pray and prepare our hearts for worship So we, we pray. Prayer is a humble thing to do because prayer is an acknowledgement that we need God, that we can't do it by ourselves. And so we bow our hearts in prayer. And uh, there are people among us that have physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs. And so we think of the spiritual. Uh, first, we'll take the physical, like... Uh, the Johnstone family, Nate and Kaylee, we bless them and we believe for them. We prayed for them before, but we pray again. We pray that you would touch them right in their area of need and free them from those things that afflict them. You are a good God. You are a kind Father. You tell us to ask. And you don't make us feel embarrassed for asking. You call us to ask. And so we do. Please touch our friends. Bless Steve. Continue to improve in his body. Give him strength for his journey. And bless his surgery on Friday. Ooh, okay. We bless that. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And bless... Steve Harris needs prayer. He flew out in... Ooh, ooh. He's in the booth. Okay, we bless Steve. We pray that you'd bring healing to him. Comfort him. Comfort him in his body now. In Jesus' name, as we speak, God, we know that you hear us. 
you know that you hear and you respond. And so our trust is in you to do this for, for Steve, for others that we don't know about God. We, we uh, hold up needs before you, any who have financial needs and who are struggling in their finances, we pray that you would be close to them, you would provide for them. Any who are, uh, who are struggling because of what's happening in our world, we pray that you would encourage them. And uh, we do pray for our nation. God, we pray, you tell us to pray as we gather, to pray for leaders. We pray for our leaders. We pray that you would give them common sense. We pray that you'd give them rationale. We pray that you'd give them understanding of the situations that are happening in our world so that they can make good decisions that bring life and not death. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship this morning. You can... Stand, you can mill around, you can sit, dance, kneel, whatever you feel led to do. Let's come to the Lord this morning and give him everything that we have. Father God, we thank you for being here. Jesus, we thank you for being here. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being here. We pray that you would help us set aside everything on our hearts and minds now and focus on you and worshiping you in spirit and in truth for who you are. Thank you, Lord. Come, you already won, oh God of 
city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Awaken your people. Come awaken the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out. Pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out. Pour it out. Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. God of revival, pour it out. Pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. God of revival, pour it out, pour it Let hope arise, death is 
God, we ask you to come to this city. We ask you to come into our homes and our lives. We ask you to move like none of us have seen in our lifetimes. To bring the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children back to the father. A few of you just pray out wherever you are. We look out at our world and out at our country, and sometimes it makes us wonder if anything can fix it, <laughs> if anything can bring us back to you. And so we, we confess that doubt. We confess seeing things from our own point of view, our human point of view, instead of looking at things from eternity, looking at things from heaven, looking at things from your point of view. Lord, elevate our thinking. Restore our hope. Help us refix our eyes on you instead of on the world, instead of on our own situations, the giants or the mountains in our way. Help us to refocus our hearts and our minds to you. Lord, you are all we need. We don't need a lack of all sickness. We don't need the right people in Washington or St. Paul. Mm. We don't need all these things that we think we need. We need right. you. Thank you, Lord. We need you. That's right. We thank you for reminding us of that, and I pray that you would help us, Lord. I, okay. We confess we're weak sometimes. We keep trying to rely on our own strength or rely on man-made structures and institutions instead of relying on you. Yeah. So we surrender all of that yes, sir. on the altar this morning, Lord. You are our hope. You are the light, the life, the love that we need. You give life, you give life, you are love, 
You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. You give life. You give life. You are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath. It's your breath in our so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. All the earth, all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Praise are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise for you only. Great are you, Great are you, Lord. 
great God. We don't have words for this, but it's simple. Just follow along. Let your kingdom move. All our faith and hope. Our great God. Let your heavens open. Let your kingdom move. All our faith and hope. Our great God. Let your kingdom move, our faith and hope, our great God. Let the heavens open. Let your kingdom move, our faith and hope, our great God. Let the heavens open. Let your kingdom move. Our faith and hope, our great God, let the heavens open, let your kingdom move, all our faith and hope, our great God, let the heavens open, let your kingdom move, all the faith and hope, our great God. Let the heavens open, let your kingdom move, all the faith and hope in our great God. like a flame it it's burning across the land it's overcoming evil with good I had a similar word father as the heavens are being open you come down and you see you see everything that's happening in Afghanistan and Lord our hearts cry out for what's uh, not good you know about this. The Christians that were slaughtered yesterday, Father, they were just singing in the Spirit as they went to meet you. We don't understand why you allowed that to happen, Lord, but I pray that many would come to know you because of this. Jesus, in your mercy. And in this last week, I heard of three initiatives by Christians, maybe you've heard about them too, that are taking, uh, they're doing airlifts in uh, Kabul to bring out people. Uh, Franklin Graham has been doing it, Daryl, uh, Glenn Beck, and David Parton. And then out of prayer meeting I was at on Friday, a very encouraging prayer meeting, I was sitting next to David, Bor David Borgendale, uh, Gary Borgendale. 
And he said he's also involved in airlifts. And they were praying about whether to bring their group to Uzbekistan or one of the other Istan countries. So in the midst of uh, unholy terror, God is stirring his people to help with the rescue mission. May God be with you. He's always going to be with you. That's right. That's he for is, sure. He's the power of the Lord. He's, he's the one you want to be with. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you're too weak, he'll fight for you. He'll give you strength. He'll carry your burdens. Whenever you feel like God needs to carry your burdens, just say, Dear Jesus, please carry my burdens. That's right. And and then, amen. Amen. That's a good word, Gideon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. in the natural this week. We praise you for that rain that we so desperately needed. We ask you that you would rain down on us with your spirit as well. 
We are even more dry spiritually than we are physically. Open up your heavens, Lord, and pour out your spirit on this city. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Just the voices. Open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain. Thank you, Lord. We pray that you would let it rain in our hearts, in our homes, in our families. Lord God, we, we thank you that you don't make it a mystery how it is that we should come to you. You say we can come before the throne of grace with boldness at the same time that we walk in humility and learn to surrender to you. So Lord, we confess those times that this week even that we have been prideful, that we've tried to go our own way, that we've tried to do what we wanted to do, where we held on to the things that you intended for us to surrender. Let's take a second just to let the Spirit reveal to you the times this week that you were prideful or that you held on to control when he wanted you to let go. Let's just listen. Lord, we confess these times that we hang on. Ask that you would teach us how to surrender. Even you, Jesus, surrendered to the will of the Father on the cross. I know you hear my cry. 
cry, speak to me now. Speak to me now. I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. Like a rushing wind, 
rushing wind like a rushing wind Jesus breathe with him Lord have your way Lord have your way in me like a mighty storm stir it in my soul Lord have your way Lord have your way Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, we do invite you to have your way in our hearts, have your way in our families, have your way in this church, in this body. Have your way in our city, in our nation, in this world. We yield the control of our lives to you, and we apologize for every time we try to take that wheel back. Lord, teach us how to live in humility and to live in surrender, to yield control to you, as Jesus even did, as our example here on earth. We're not great at this, Lord, so we ask you to help us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you that Jesus promised you would help us and lead us into all truth. anybody else have a word uh, from the Lord they feel is for the group amen Naomi could you pass out the rest of the sheets to those who didn't get one if you didn't get a listening prayer exercise sheet uh, you can raise your hand Naomi will get you a sheet and a pen are you preaching are you preaching yeah but not now he's gonna, we're gonna do an exercise first okay I'm gonna grab your mic there Paul. All right. okay grab a sheet Thank you, worship team. Thanks to all the children, the children who sing, the children who prophesy. Yes. We uh, take Jesus seriously when he says, let the kids come and don't stop them. Yeah. Amen? Amen. I, I, clap. I think it's awesome. I, I, feel, I feel the approval of the Lord every time we have a child sing, a child share in any way. I think it's, I think it's the right thing to do. Yes. And I, I, I love Amen. it. I love it. Um, help me do it more at home, yeah. <laughs> Lord. Uh, Kaylee gave me a look like, yeah, Dad. Um, I will try. I will try. Um, okay, we're going to do a listening prayer exercise for five or six minutes. We've done these before, but in case you haven't or if you're following along and haven't, um, we'll... Could, you, could we get one extra sheet up here, Naomi? Um, we can point the camera at it. Um, so what we do in these exercises is, in this case, it's a couple of scriptures. Um, and so we read over the scripture and maybe read it over twice even. 
and just start with the first one. Read it over a couple times, and then just open up your heart to listen to the Lord. And just listen and write down whatever you hear. Some of what you write down might be God. Some of it might just be your own brain or, or something you heard once or whatever. That's fine. We're, we're not trying to get at, like, the most amazing prophecy ever. We're just listening to the Lord. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Amen? Are we his sheep? Do we hear his voice? Well, we try, right? So how do you get better at something? You practice, right? So we're going to practice listening to the voice of our shepherd this morning. So just listen, write anything down. No one's going to see this. Don't worry about it. There's no right or wrong. We're just practicing how to hear the voice of God. And over time, we get better at this. So if this is something super weird for you, that's okay. Just give it a shot, okay? So read the first verse over a couple times, and then just listen and write down whatever comes to mind regarding that verse, and then go on to the next one. Do that for a minute or two. And then there's kind of a journaling question at the end. If God is saying something to me right now, what might it be? And just start writing. And take a guess. If God's saying something to me right now, what might that be? And don't worry about writing down like a false prophecy. You're just writing down words. It's okay. Relax. Okay? So I'm going to open us up in prayer, and then we're going to listen. Father, we thank you that you sent your son. We thank you that Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They don't recognize even a stranger's voice, and so they don't listen to that stranger, but they follow their shepherd because they recognize his voice. Lord, we want to get better at recognizing your voice. Our heads are full of voices these days. So much stuff in the media, so much stuff just in life. There's so many things bouncing around our heads. Uh, we're, we're, it's challenging these days to stop and to quiet ourselves and to listen to you. So we ask for your help this morning, Holy Spirit. Help us to learn better how to hear the voice of our shepherd. Yes. In Jesus' name. So go ahead and just pray these verses to the Lord. Listen for a couple minutes. Thank you. 
So keep listening to those verses. Write down whatever jumps out at you, whatever the Holy Spirit kind of highlights. Go ahead and write it down. I encourage you to move on to the last part. Um, if God is saying something to you right now, what might that be? You're not making a declaration. It's just a guess. If God is saying something to me right now, what might it be? And just start writing, right? Two or three sentences. And I find the Holy Spirit usually kicks in during this part, even if you haven't noticed it yet. <laughs> so let's write a little bit. For writing, keep writing. Um, I'm sure you know some people have a tendency to just toss these afterwards, and you know that's fine. But I actually do encourage you to hang on to it, and I encourage you to come back to it sometime this week, just for a few minutes. Um, I have found that God often really clarifies what He's trying to say when you come back to the same thing He's been talking to you about already. Keep, don't hang up the phone. <laughs> just leave the line open come back to it, read through this again, read through what you wrote, and then try to write some more. And I have found that even if I wasn't sure that first time if I actually heard God or if it was just my own brain, I find that often when I go back to it and do it again, it gets a lot clearer or God really confirms what it is he's trying to say. So I do encourage you, hang on to this, bring it out on Tuesday or Thursday or something like that, and spend some more time listening. We're going to listen to the word now through Paul. Father, we thank you for Paul. We thank you for putting your word deep in his heart. We thank you for his 50 years of ministry, 50 years of ministry and wisdom and of living in the word. We thank you that we get to be the beneficiaries of that this morning. And in order to receive it, though, we do have to humble ourselves and open up our hearts. And so we open our hearts this morning, Lord. We ask you to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ready to go. Thank you, Nate. So, the first half of those 50 years 
were in San Pedro, and I thought the next half were going to be in San Pedro as well. Had no desire to change, no plans to change, have a cemetery plot at Green Hill Cemetery to prove that we planned on living there and dying there. And then I got called to direct the work of Lutheran Renewal. Surprise. Surprise. Of course, I was close to Larry. He was the director. And now I'm being called back. I was surprised. And uh, we prayed and felt it was the right thing to do. I came back and started the work in August of 1995. And by the spring of 1996, we were in financial difficulty. And I told the staff, no big deal. It's, it's easy. It'll change. It didn't change. Then as we were getting ready for the board meeting, they began talking about a full evaluation. And that sounded personal. And I got a little scared. And I got a little defensive. And I'm ashamed to say I didn't humble myself. I, I was uh, uneasy. And I had reason to be, because I wasn't doing a good job in an area that needed to get done. I wish I would have, could say that I humbled myself, but I was defensive. And it wasn't a really good, from my perspective, board meeting, but things got clarified. And I, I learned how to rely more on other people that were better than me at things that I wasn't good at. So God used it, but uh, I wish I could say that at that time I humbled myself. So in my learning exercises, I was sitting up at the front. I only got to the first verse. I didn't get beyond that, Nate. Sorry, I didn't finish the assignment. I wrote down, we desperately need grace. I desperately need grace. Grace is the power to be what God wants me to be and the power to do what he wants me to do. How do I get it? By humbling myself. I want you to turn to Isaiah 53 if you have Bibles. If you don't, there, there are some in the back that we could get for you, but I'd like you to be looking on if we can. If there are Bibles in the back, if anybody can bring some up to those who don't have them, it'd be helpful. So Isaiah 53, who has believed what has been heard from us? Who has believed it? Is this person popular? Is the word out? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant. I mean, rather insignificant. Like a root out of dry ground. He just sprouted up somewhere in the desert. It just, it just happened. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. You know when they make movies about Jesus, you can always tell Jesus. He's glowing. He's got this beautiful white robe. He didn't. You couldn't tell him apart from other people. Why did they need Judas to point out Jesus? I mean, why did they need Judas to point out Jesus? Because he didn't stick out in the crowd. He didn't glow in the dark. He had no form. He had nothing that we would say, wow, look at that guy. He's good looking. He's really strong. He did not. No beauty that we should desire him. Why does the prophet say this? Because it's true. In fact, he was despised. He was rejected. 
a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, our pains, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his wounds we are healed. Skip over to verse 9. They made his grave with the wicked. Did he have a grave? No. Do you know when he finally got a grave? After the crucifixion. Were the disciples thinking grave? They weren't thinking death, so they were not thinking grave. He almost didn't have a grave. He did not have a funeral. Did Ronald Reagan have a funeral? It took a year to plan his funeral. It took two weeks, I think, to carry it out. Dignities came from around the world. He had a funeral. Did Jesus, the Son of God, have a funeral? No. No one was thinking death, so no one was thinking funeral. No one was thinking grave. It took Joseph of Arimathea, a religious leader, well-respected, one of the few that was well-respected among the Pharisees and leaders. I think it happened at the cross. He was becoming a believer. Something was changing in his heart because he was saying, this man is the truth. And he was honest enough to admit, to admit that this man is right. We are all wrong. He is right. And so he's at the cross. And when he sees him dies, he says, I'm a follower of Jesus. Now, why do I believe that? Because what he did could not have been done in secret. He went to Pilate and Antonio's castle inside, walked through the gate. Remember, he died on a major thoroughfare on the busiest time of the year, literally. Think Christmas Eve day. When I went to Byerly's on Christmas Eve day, I said, I'll be right back. Wrong. <laughs> I stood in line. I was going to mail one thing. Nope, nope. Stood in line for a long time because it's the busiest season of the year, the busiest time of the year, I think. Christmas Eve day. It's crazy out there. This is crazy time because it's Passover. It's the day before the Passover. People are getting ready. You have to be ready. Jesus dies at 3 o'clock. You've got four hours to get things done. Otherwise, what happens? Sundown comes. What happens if you're out shopping? You get stoned. Literally, you get stoned. So Joseph, he decides this is the son of God. The centurion also decided that. So he runs in, checks with Pilate. Uh, I'll take the body. He probably talked to John, who was at the cross. And he asked John, John, what are you doing with Jesus now that he's died? What, what, what are the plans? We don't have any. Shock. Well, I've got a plan. And so he goes to Pilate, he asks if he can have the body. How do you take the body down? 
He's in a hurry. He's got to get it down quick, and he's got to carry it. So he gets his helper. Who is his helper? Joseph's helper. Who helped him? Nicodemus. Nicodemus is in. Nicodemus has now become a believer. So he's going to help him get the body down, carry it to the grave. It says it was nearby, so that was good. If they'd carried it afterwards, they would have been stones. So they get it in. Joseph is now a believer. They were not planning. The disciples were not planning. They made his grave with the wicked and with a, see that, rich man. Who's that? That's Joseph. Although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Look at the life of Jesus. And you see humility to the extreme. No one was more humble from the get-go. He was born of a woman who was known to be illegitimate, right? As an adult, they said to Jesus, the Pharisees said to Jesus, we were not born in fornication. What are they saying? You were. They knew that Mary was not married. And they made their conclusions. So he grew up. What city was that? Nazareth. Good city. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's what Nathaniel said. That had a reputation for scums. Nothing good is going to come out of Nazareth. And then his dad's a common worker, and then he has an itinerant ministry. Was his family proud of him? Was Mary proud of him? Were his brothers proud of him? They wanted him home. They went to get him. And they said to Jesus, who was speaking, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are out there. They want you. Did he go out? No, he said, here am I. Those who do the will of God, here, here am I. He didn't want to go out there. He knew what they were going to say. Get home, Joe, uh, Jesus. We're not proud of you, what you're doing. Did he stick out in the crowd? He did not stick out in the crowd. Where did he minister? Hicksville. We know who, where you're from, Peter. We can tell by your accent. We can tell you're from Galilee. They were different. They were lower class than the people down in Jerusalem. And then he did something that shocked them. They could not get over it. So remember, Jesus, I, I'll say this, I think, and it's, it's arguable that he was the poorest man that has ever lived. Ever. Of anybody that's ever lived, I suspect that he was the poorest. He had nothing. He owned this, but that was gambled away, and he didn't own it by the time he died. He had nothing else. He had nowhere to lay his head. That's what he said. Foxes have a place. Birds of the air have a place. I, I don't have a place. So everything he got, he needed it. I was talking about that a couple weeks ago. He, he got what he needed, and he needed an upper room, so he got that. And uh, everything he got was the result of uh, 
of asking for it. So he was, he was, he was absolutely poor. And he used two examples of his humility, children and servants. Let's look at a couple places. Turn to Mark 9, or flip open your phone. So, Verse 33, they came to Capernaum, and when they were in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? Uh-oh, they're going to be embarrassed. They kept silence, for on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, if anyone would be first, what's, what's his response? He must be last of all and servant of all. If you want to be first. If you want to be high, you go low. If you try to be high, you're going to go low. He'll make sure that you go low. Everyone that exalts himself will be humbled. I don't want God to humble me. I want to humble myself. You don't pray, God, teach me how to humble myself. No, you just humble yourself. Whatever, that, whatever you understand that to be, you humble yourself. And so he brings a child, and taking him in his arms, he said, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. So do you think they got it? That was a what? Turn to the next, it's in the next page in my Bible. It's John, uh, Mark 10. And James and John, just after Jesus says for the third time that he's going to suffer and die, then they say, hey, we'd like to ask a favor. Can we sit at your right and in your left? It's the best seat syndrome. We want, we want to be famous. We want to be important. The positive side of it is that they expected him to be there. That was a good thing. But... They wanted glory. They, the disciples were always being caught going this way. Jesus was going this way. He never went this way. That's why God highly exalted him. He was obedient to the point of death. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. The disciples, they wanted to be great. So look out. They're going to be humbled. He took a child, put the child in the midst, and here, James and John are saying, boy, we'd like to sit at your right and your left. And he said, you don't know what you're asking. To sit at my right or my left, do, do you understand what that would mean? Do you understand what you would go through? Are you willing to accept the cup of, of uh, what does he call it? The cup that I drink. And they said naively, yeah. So he said, okay, you will. Did they? James, he was martyred. John was exiled on Patmos. They, they did. I don't know if we're going to see them at the right and left in heaven, but they got the cup of suffering. And then he talked to them all again, and he said, 
chapter, verse 42, Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. They like the high seats. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so. And I think he pointed to them. It shall not be so among you. Nate shared, I think a week ago, that I was in Tanzania. And I was preaching to a group of pastors. Pretty good-sized group. And I was sitting up on the platform with a couple of the important ones. And I was very uncomfortable. And I had shared some things about character. And they said, well, we want you to talk about leadership. Because they wanted to be leaders. And for them, that meant to be in front of people and to have authority. And so I, I, I preached from this passage here. And when I got to this part, I said, it shall not, and I pointed to the leaders, it shall not be so among you. It shall not be so. For, what did Jesus say? Whoever would be great must be your servant. That's a, the word from which we get the word deacon. And whoever would be first must be your doulos, your slave. You want to be first? James and John? Then be a slave. And wait on people. Go humble every single time, every opportunity you have, go low. And I said to these leaders, it shall not be so among you. Not if you want to be used by the Lord. Turn to John 13. Here was a shocker for the disciples. They, Jesus didn't have servants. He was a servant. They didn't travel with servants. And so they're in the upper room, which they're borrowing for the night. And they don't sit down to eat. What do they do to eat? What does it say in the scripture always? They reclined. So it's kind of like you're on, you're on one elbow and your legs are out this way. So you see all of them reclining. Their heads are here and they're reclining back. And they're all wondering, who's going to wash the feet? How did they get to places? Did they walk on highways? Dirt. Animals. You walk, huh? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And what animals do. Yes, yes. What do they do? They do, 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 do. At the state fair, we went to see the horses at the... Oh, I have this. We went to see the horses at the state fair, and we were walking down the road, and boy, it was the first day of the fair, and it was still covered, covered in what happens when the horses walk by. And the streets in... in that time, that day, they were like that all the time. They had to be. So walking in the street in sandals. Yes, in sandals. Your feet were filthy. So they're waiting for the slaves, right? The servants, the diakonos, the doulos, to do their job. And, well, they didn't have them. This is the, they were given this place to use. Everything that Jesus had, 
he was given. And then, shocker, Jesus gets up, takes off his outer garment, takes a towel, ties it around the waist, and starts doing it. They were embarrassed. They didn't know how to think. They didn't, they didn't know if they should accept it or if they should rebel against this. It was embarrassing to them. And they were wondering, why is Jesus doing this? Why didn't you do it, you idiot? Why didn't you get up and do it? You should have done it. I'm not going to do that. Well, Jesus is. And by the time they got to Peter, he said, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus said, I am. And then you are going to wash their feet. Jesus continually went low and humbled himself. And then he says, I'm teaching you how to humble yourself. And they finally, after he left, they finally got the message. Did Peter get the message? Read his letter. He says, humble yourselves in the sight of God and at the right time, he will raise you up. Peter got raised up. So what did he do when he gets arrested and they beat him up? And they beat him up. They didn't give him a couple of swats. They beat him up. And he's leaving and he's praising God that he had the privilege of suffer. He got the message. He knew how to humble himself. Did he stop preaching? No. They're going to do it again. Do you know how many times Paul got beaten up? Paul couldn't remember. He did remember how many times he got to 40 lashes, four, minus, minus one. He got that four times. But he couldn't remember how many times he got beaten. When he got to Jerusalem from Rome and there a riot broke out, he said, let me at him. I don't know too many people like that. He, they had to hold him back. He wanted to get out there and preach. When he was called, Jesus told Ananias, I will show him how much he must suffer for my sake. Oh, Paul suffered. Peter was humble. Paul was humble. And here's what Paul wrote. It's brilliant. Philippians chapter 2, where he talks about Jesus. He says, have this mind. Now, what mind does he want us to have? Have this mind among yourself. What mind does Paul want us to have? which is yours in Christ, so we can have that mind. Though he was in the form of God, here he is, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So he wasn't saying, well, I, I'm here, I should stay here. Who did? Who did say that? Here was, here was uh, Lucifer. He was here. He was the day star, son of dawn. He had a lot. He said, I want more. And he tried, to, I will make myself like the most high God. No, you won't. And now he's the lowest of the lows. 
He's a groveling serpent. He's a snake. He's a liar. He's a thief. Jesus had it all, but it wasn't something that he felt like he needed. So he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. That word there is the same word that I read to you from Mark, where it's the doulos. It literally means slave. It means bond servant or slave. Taking the form of a slave, being born in likeness of men and being found in human form, he just kept humbling himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So that's as low as you can go. That's the lowest form of Gentile death. It wasn't even a Jewish death. How did Jews kill people? By stoning them. How did Gentiles? Well, if they wanted to really pay them off of Jesus, people are walking by and sneering at him. It's a public thoroughfare. It's out in the open so people could throw things at him, so people could say things at him, and you hear them talking as he is hanging there dying. It's, it's, it's ridicule to the absolute max. And here is the Son of God who is highest, and he goes to the lowest place possible, and then he's, he doesn't even know, as he's dying, if they're going to bury him. He doesn't know if he's going to have a burial. Joseph takes care of that for him. Becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So when I read these words that Nate gave us today, just take a look at that sheet. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud. I don't want God to oppose me. I don't think you do either, right? I don't want God to come against me. He sort of did when I, when I was struggling there as a director of Lutheran Real. We got that settled, by the way. I just had other people help me because I'm not real good at that part. I'm thankful that Nate does it here. Just, I didn't need help, so I asked for it. That's another thing about humility. You asked for help. So clothe yourself with humility toward one another, for God opposes. Here's Peter saying this. Opposes the proud but gives grace. To the humble. I really want grace because grace empowers me to love my wife like I want to love her, to, to care for people like I want to care for people. Grace is the power of God to help me, but it only comes to the humble. And humble is not what some people think it is. Was Martha humble as she was serving? The answer is no. She was ornery. She was resentful. She was saying, why doesn't my sister help me? She probably said a little more than that. Jesus said, Martha, you're wrong on this one. She chose better than you did. So serving is not being an independent contractor. Serving is real submission that we find out what God wants us to do and we do it. We don't just do whatever we think we want to do and call it service. It's submission 
It's, response, it's responding to God and submitting to him. One other thing that it isn't, it's not self-effacement. Because that's drawing attention to yourself. Do you know where Saul was when he was being announced by um, Samuel as the, the leader of Israel? Where was he? He was hiding in the baggage. Was that humility? No. It was just stupidity. He got, he got rebuked for it. That isn't the time to hide. See, humility brings confidence because you know it's not about you. It's about God, and he has his way. So it builds confidence. So I want to close by saying, if I am humble, if you are humble, here's what we will do. I'm going to say some things that humility does. I will accept criticism even when it's wrong. That's hard to do. Because I want to lash out. You're wrong. I'm not going to fight him. David was fleeing his son Absalom. His heart was broken, and he was fleeing. As he was fleeing, a guy named Shimei started pelting him, throwing dirt at him and throwing rocks at him. David still had his mighty men, and Abishai, among others, were really angry at this dude, and Abishai said, literally, let me take his head off. David said, no. Maybe God told him to. That's humility. At a time when he was broken, when he was weak, when he was needy, he was willing to accept even the shame that was coming his way from an idiot, a guy who shouldn't have been doing it. So I will accept criticism, try not to be defensive. Second, I will serve others. Now, what does that mean? It means something different for you than it means for me. But Jesus, all of his life served. He went low and he served others. So whatever it means, it means you humble yourself and you serve. I'm, I'm blessed when I see the service that goes on. For this service, when I, I know what other, I, I know what you do, I'm blessed seeing Isaiah and Laura come with five kids and making it here. <laughs> Getting here. You know how hard that is? I don't know, but she does. Because I used to go down to church at 7 o'clock and leave her to get the kids ready and be down there by 8 o'clock in the morning, and she, she would do it and have the kids taken, taken their row. So thank you, Isaiah and Laura, for the way that you show us. Thank you, Gideon, for that good word, man. That was a, a really, really good, huh? Oh, he has another one? Okay, uh, when, I'm, when I'm getting ready for the prayer, I want you to come up here, okay? We'll, we'll get your word. I'm almost done, so you get ready. I will ask for help. What helped me there with Lutheran Renewal is when I didn't say everything's fine, because it wasn't, I said, I need help. And it's okay to say I need help because we can't do it all. 
And so we come together and we help each other. And it's so wonderful because then we affirm each other for the help that we receive by their hand. I helped get things ready for the potluck today, but did I, does that count? I cut, I cut, the, I cut the chicken. Okay, I, I wanted to say it again. Okay, a uh, couple other things. I will choose, here's a tough one, I will choose not to be offended. You make a choice. That's a tough one because offense is easy. But if you are above offense, God's going to use you wonderfully. If you can live above offense, my, that's humility. And what does God do with the humil humble people? Yeah, he lifts them up. He uses them in key places. So, I will choose not to be offended. I will connect with the lowly. Imagine the, the leaders of countries meeting together. They, they each bring three people with them. And they come together, and these delegates, they're dressed beautiful, they're dressed smart, and they invite Jesus to come. And Jesus brings a couple of his friends with him. Well, what do you do? Well, I was a prostitute for quite a while. That's one of his best friends, Mary. She was first to the tomb. That's what I did for a long time. Well, what about you, Zacchaeus? Well, I rob people for taxation. That's a good friend of Jesus. See, he's with the lowly. That's the way he lives. So I will connect. I will look for the lowest place, the smallest piece. I close with this story. When Samuel Morris, the converted slave from Africa, was brought to Taylor University, the president could see his remarkable relationship with Jesus and wished to honor him by giving him whatever room he desired. He said, I'll take the room no one else wants. Now, you could say, oh, he didn't really mean that. Yes, he did, because that's the way he lived. And that's the way God blessed him. That's the way I want to be. How about you? Is that the way you want to be? I want to humble myself. Don't ask him how to do it. Just you figure it out. Gideon, you got a word? Yeah. I just wanted to remind Paul of, about a song that he used to teach to our young people. And you know how the song went? This could be part of the children's sermon. If you want to be great in, in God's, God's kingdom, kingdom learn to be the servant of all. If you, you want to be great in God's kingdom, Learn, Learn to, to be, be the servant, servant of, all. of all. And that went on yeah. the chorus. But it's kind of a light song. But just think about that. This was a song that I learned like 50 years ago. Wow. <laughs> That's a long time. Huh? Yeah. Yes? 
Yep. Uh, yes, it's 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 on. Here's something from the Bible I have that is um that I have uh memorized. Whoa, that's cool. With God, all things are possible. I don't. Uh, I I can't remember the verse, but I do know the word. And what does that mean to you? With God, all things are possible. It means, to me, it means that whenever you're with God, it's always the time to know that you're good. All the things you're thinking of when you're in heaven, you can do. That's cool. Be that's what. That's what. With God, all things are possible means. Wow. Well, why don't we pray for these people because they want things to happen for them. And so, uh, should I pray or do you want to pray? I want to play. Okay. I, I've got it. I like that. Okay. Let's, do, let's go ahead. You go ahead. Dear Jesus, please help these people that want things to uh, happen. That's not just happening. Please help them carry carry their burdens. Yes, yes. Carry carry all the stress they're they're carrying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starting today. Amen. Starting today. Amen. Okay. We got two sermons this morning. Thank you, Gideon. So, how are we doing on time here? We're done. We're done. Okay. We went over. Okay. So, let's just respond to it then. You don't need a mic. Sorry about that. I wasn't looking. Why don't you do the benediction? Okay. We'll do the benediction. And you get to receive it. We're not just closing the service. That, we got to do that because it's liturgical. But we're doing it because we want you to walk from this place in the presence of the Lord, doing the work of the Lord. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you.